the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History repeats itself, and if it doesn't, I say it rhymes. Actually, I'm parroting George Lucas there. But it's Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles this morning till 10 o'clock here on News Talk 710-KNUS. His final show, of course, coming up this Friday live at the View House. Going to be a great, great time. Good to be with you. This morning on the program, 303-696-1971. In a moment, we'll get to this. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Uh, but because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. But, but in, the, in the same press conference. Do you believe what you said, that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. Uh, how about this one? So it's saying he cannot remain in power does not mean it means that I would hope he, I just it was expressing my outrage. He shouldn't remain in power. Just like, you know, bad people shouldn't continue to do bad things. But it doesn't mean we have a fundamental policy to do anything to take Putin down in any way. Those last three clips were all from the same press conference. And I really don't think Biden knows what the hell he's talking about. Uh, I don't even know what he's thinking. We'll get to that in a moment. 303-696-1971. But first, Chuck, you're on the radio show. Jimmy in for Peter. Good morning. Yeah, morning, Jim. What's Uh, on your mind, sir? I was just saying to Billy, I said there was one more show that Peter needed to do before packing it in. You know how he always asks the question, like, what are we watching? Mm-hmm. I think I think we're looking at um, a, a slow total destruction. Uh, look at the things that we're facing right now. I don't know if you follow, like, your situation with housing. Mm-hmm. But we've absolutely. For me? I said Absolutely. Yeah, we have a huge uh, housing shortage in this country that's growing like uh, by the day. I mean, you talk about the reason for homelessness is um, drug addiction and all that, but I'll tell you what, it's it's starting to go the other way where it's just where people just don't have a place to live. And um, I'll tell you another thing, excuse me, another thing too, is that um, this deal with the southern border um, comes, like the fall, like when kids start like in school and everything, all these families that have uh, come over here, um, what's going to happen when all these kids show up at these schools and, and they speak all these different kind of languages and we don't have, uh, we don't have anyone that speaks these languages that can, um, you know, like uh, run a class like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're already dealing with so much of that, Chuck, in terms of all the, 
uh, immigrants that have come here illegally and or they're the children of illegal immigrants and they go to school and then they have to find a place for them because they're they're not going to turn them away based on their immigration status. And they're already feeling those struggles. It only gets worse the more people cross the border, just as fentanyl and other crises get worse the more people cross the border. Right. And another thing is, too, like uh, this this crime, it's another thing that gets uh, worse uh, day by day. Yes. It's only going to get uh, worse in the fact that um, because they've so demonized the police, look how many that are uh, leaving and so forth. And then when you have, like I said, all these uh, immigrants where you don't even know who they are, there's like a lot of um, uh, criminals plus the ones that were released from jail, like uh, during COVID. I mean, it's all going to explode. We have a guy, uh, like you were just uh, talking about, uh, he he can't put a, a thought, to, uh, the same thought together. Yeah, he can't string. Sentence. Yeah, well, exactly. That's even, I was going to say he can't string a sentence together, but you're right. The, the sentences just aren't even congruent. And it's, it's time, in my estimation, that there, ne- there needs to be uh, a delegation to get together and make a march to the White House and say it's time. It's something that nobody wants to touch. If you notice, like in the news, nobody will touch it. But it's the obvious. It's the big elephant in the room. Well, it's hard to say that they're not able to acknowledge it because when the media asks questions and he can't answer them and then they do the follow ups like it's so abundantly clear. And if you're denying it, you are doing so very intentionally. And it's it's not good for the country. No, I mean, it's. It's not at all. I just, I mean, they talk about three years left. And the, the thing about it is you've got a successor that it would have to be even worse because of the fact she doesn't have, uh, I don't know if it's because she doesn't have the intellectual capacity, um, experience or whatever, but here's someone who was uh, born here and the family left um, and, and she was raised in Canada all through um, like the, like uh, kindergarten through uh, high school and didn't come here until actually, uh, you know, for college. So she doesn't, she wasn't raised like in an American experience. Hmm. So I mean, that, that doesn't help at all either. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to think that she could fill the shoes of the presidency herself either. That would be cackling Kamala Harris. It just, she's not capable of it. And then, and then you think, okay, well, if you somehow got rid of both of them, then you'd have Nancy Pelosi. It's like, there's no, there's no good option here whatsoever. What you really need right now are better advisors with president Biden if he because he because all he's doing is listening to the advice that he's given. And so far, the advisors have just been horrible. And he clearly needs better advisors because all he can really do is listen to them. And, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and so whoever corrects or walks back those statements, that has to be the person that's in charge, because who actually makes that call? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's. It's stunning, isn't it? But we're, Chuck? we're not in a, in a good place. I'll tell you that. I, no, I, I agree. In, in four years, I mean, I should say in three more years. Uh, I, I, I mean, even if Republicans uh, win mm-hmm. and so forth, that doesn't um, take away from uh, the commander in chief's uh, position. Sure. I mean, we're we're doomed. I mean, we really are. I hate to say it. <laughs> well, like I, you said, know, uh, I'll tell you what. It's time to panic. This is the time to panic. Well, you know, I'm not there yet. But it definitely is disconcerting, that's for sure. Hey, Chuck, great call. Thank you. 
303-696-1971, our telephone number. Uh, text here, wouldn't McCarthy be third after the midterms? Yes, that's true. If Republicans retake the House as anticipated, theoretically, yes, uh, then you could work through Biden, then work through Harris, and then you get to McCarthy. That's certainly a hell of a lot better than Pelosi, but highly unlikely that you actually go through two unless uh, you have a situation sort of like a Nixon with corrupt vice president who then ends up getting impeached and then it's open. It sounds like a, a plot from 24 and the political plot threads of 24 more than it sounds like it's actually a, a realistic possibility anyway. But remember this. So, of course, we heard this on Saturday in a speech. For God's sake, this man cannot remain In Poland, the president of the United States suggesting that Vladimir Putin should not remain in power. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. It reminded me of this statement from just a couple of months ago, this flub. I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor Incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. A minor incursion. Remember that it depends on if it's a minor incursion, he said. Well, then he makes this comment again, a flub. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. This time in a foreign speech. But then all three of these clips happened in one session Yesterday, one press conference, not formal press conference, but Q&A with the media just yesterday. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was going to I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. And yet, do you believe what you said that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, you asked three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. I'm not walking anything back. Well, maybe that's the case because he also said this in the same press conference. So saying he cannot remain in power does not mean the regime. What does it mean? It means that I would hope he, I just it was expressing my outrage. He shouldn't remain in power. Just like, you know, bad people shouldn't continue to do bad things. But it doesn't mean we have a fundamental policy to do anything to take Putin down in any way. I don't know what message he's trying to convey. I'm confused. He sounds confused. The media sounds confused. What do you actually mean? What is it that you are trying to say or accomplish? What is it? I I have no clue. Aren't you confused? Because I sure am. The media sure is. What do you make of it all? 303-696-1971, our telephone number. You can text in on the 710-KNUS app as well. But when you look at the president and you see that he's he's not there, he's not together, then you have to wonder who's advising him. Well, really, you've got Anthony Blinken as Secretary of State very much advising him and Ron Klain on the domestic matters, the chief of staff is arguably the leading advisor for the president, one sort of uh, pulling the strings, as it were. 
listener text message such BS that after Biden said none of the three occurred, he then said to Ducey, you interpret the language that way. By the way, there was a great clip. If you listen to it where Peter Ducey is sort of peeling back the onion and he does so respectfully, very cogently, it's worth watching if you missed it. But the interpretation or the implication, rather, as listener points out, is that Peter Ducey, along with 99.9% of normal people, misunderstood Biden's intent. (laughs) No, doofus Biden, you were just called out on saying stupid stuff, which might start World War III, and your playbook is deny, deny, deny. Yeah, or is he denying or is he forgetting? What do you think? 303-696-1971? Because I, I kind of think that's the question, really. Is he denying or is he forgetting? Let's go to Joe in Arvada. Joe, you're on the radio show. Jimmy and for Peter, good morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Um, you know, two points. Uh, I I don't think it's Obama. I think it's more of a woke gestalt, uh, kind of a blend of all of these wokeism people, the Sockies, the... Mm-hmm. Well, and notice the, that know, they, they are all almost all holdovers of Obama whose legacies are on the line as much as Obama would be. Well, I think Obama has input. I mean, I noticed like within a week after Obama came down with uh, COVID, uh, uh, Jen Psaki came down with COVID. Hmm. Anyway, you know, there, there's there's seems like there's a lot of connections. Even Valerie Jarrett is probably getting her two cents in. (laughs) Well, let me just say that I agree with you that Obama is probably involved in some tangential conversations, but it really is the people who are in the White House at this moment in the administration who are advising the president. And I use that word advising advisedly because I I agree with you that Biden is not really running the show here. It's it's impossible to believe that he really is, but I think it is those holdovers of the Obama administration whose legacies are on the line and are serving in the administration. They're the ones who are saying, no, you really need to do, like bring back the Iran nuclear deal, for example. Well, w- whenever you have a this kind of team mentality and running like, uh, you know, uh, the, the curriculum – it it doesn't have any sense when it because there's no leadership. Nobody's leading. Everybody's just coming up with the latest wokeism. Yes, and that that's the direction that we're going. Is basically what's running your schools is basically running our country. Let, let, let's just but, point to one thing that embodies what you're saying, real quick, Joe, and then we'll get back to you. This is well, Katanji Brown Jackson. Like, well, listen to this. This is Katanji Brown Jackson last week, unable to define woman. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide yeah. a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, Okay, I I thought that that embodied what you were saying, Joe, and that's a nominee for the Supreme Court. Go ahead, sir. (laughs) It definitely is a confused, woke kind of 
slanted viewpoint, I, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, the, the, my second point, uh, I just want to make this. Uh, you talked about the, the uh, House speakership and the, this assumption that Kevin McCarthy is going to assume leadership. I do not assume that at all, and I think the country has to give serious consideration of moving Donald Trump into the speakership. And the reason is, is quite simple. We have an absence of leadership. And from the speakership post, Donald Trump can lead us out of this mess. I, I think that people have not given it serious so, consideration. It's an interesting thought. Two things. First of all, yes, just for pe- folks who are listening, saying he's not in the House of Representatives. He can't. Yes, there's no constitutional requirement for the Speaker of the House and whether they are actually a member. They can't vote if they're not a member of the House of Representatives, but they can be the leader and they can lead the charge, make decisions, that sort of thing. That is possible. To my knowledge, that has not been done in the history of the country. Somebody outside of the House of Representatives being appointed Speaker of the House. That's one thing. But then there is the question of would Donald Trump be appropriate and could he actually get that position? I don't see the House of Representatives, a majority of the House Republicans even voting for Donald Trump for that position. And frankly, I don't know that it would be a good idea, given how much of a lightning rod he is, Joe. Real quick, because I got to go to break. You don't, but I do. All right. And and uh, I will say this. There won't be a Liz Cheney voting and there won't be an That's Adam true. Kinzinger voting. That's true. Uh, These people are going to have to look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, do you want your political future to continue? Mm, If Donald Trump makes the suggestion that he would would happily and guide this country from the speakership post, prosecute some of these corrupt politicians that are running. I got to go to a break, Joe. I get I get what you're saying. I think it's it's I, I can't really see it happening it's an interesting question, though. It is. Could it even be plausible? Would it be a good idea? I, I'm in no way convinced it would be a good idea. It's certainly possible. We'll see. Uh, I doubt, highly, highly doubt, that somebody outside of the House of Representatives will ever become Speaker of the House, let alone uh, Donald Trump. But food for thought, to be sure, from Joe. 303-696-1971. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. In for Peter Boyles. we got to take a break. Frank, if you can stay on the line, we'll get to you. A News Talk 710-KNUS. Cannot remain power. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Huh. Nobody believes that. You know, I, he's probably right. But it's not very encouraging to hear the president on the world stage in a foreign country that is, you know, right by uh, Russia saying this man cannot remain in power. Yeah. And then you're also saying you're not walking things back, but you are, but you're not. But who knows what the hell's going on with Joe Biden and whether or not his inability to string together sentences correlates with his inability to string together thoughts. I mean, maybe that sounds harsh, but it gets at the root of the problem, I think. I, I, I hate to say it because I want a president of the United States with fortitude, with strength, with the capacity to do, to do the job. We should all want that. And yet when it is glaring us in the face... That this isn't the case. 
All he can really do, I guess, is pray that he gets the right advice when it really, really counts. 303-696-1971. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles. I think I forgot to mention that this morning here on 710 KNUS. Let's go to Frank. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Jimmy. Uh, great show. I hope uh, hope Salem keeps either you or George in this slot because I really enjoy listening to local uh, local people like you have who are very smart. Um, Thank you. The, uh, um, I called about the Republican Party, and one of my uh, one of my uh, disagreements with Peter uh, for the last few months has been that somehow the Republican Party um, will. You know, I agree they're feckless. Completely feckless. Let me just be very clear on who you're talking about, Frank. Colorado Republican Party or the National Republican Party? Or is there no difference? Colorado first, and the National isn't much better, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, And it's based on a couple things. One is, um, you know, like simple things like uh, abortion. You know, they say I'm I'm I don't I'm okay with abortion as as long as somebody else kills the babies. Um, you know, they, they, if they would embrace the conservative, um, you know, agenda, then I think they would do much better both here in Colorado and nationwide. And I think if you see, look at what's going on in Georgia right now, um, they are embracing the conservative agenda and Donald Trump is leading it. So, and you know, this is going to be, it's going to be a, um, telltale in November, what really happens now, Colorado is. You know, I, I hear I heard Peter say many times that you know the the ills of the Colorado Republican Party are to to some degree anyway Donald Trump's fault, and I don't agree with that. I think if they would embrace the conservative slash Trump slash um, whatever agenda, well, okay, let me they, let me draw a distinction better. here, Frank, and and of course I can only sure. speak for my myself and my views, but I really do think that there is a distinction between say a conservative political agenda or rather policy agenda and the way in which you might engage in politics. For example, I distinctly separate claims made about elections from anything to do with uh, a policy agenda. Really, I think the policy agenda is how do you approach issues like the foreign affairs crises that we see on the world stage, like the the national debt, like the economy and how you grow that, how you unleash the unlimited potential of each and every individual, so on and so forth, versus election conspiracy theories about 2020 that should be settled by now. I think that there is an important distinction between the two of those, and so I, I would ask you, when you talk about a conservative agenda, what do you mean? What are you pointing to? The actual ideological or policy agenda or stuff that is political? Um, both of those we just said, policy and ideological. <laughs> and um, and the other thing you said about the uh, the issue about the, the big lie, as Peter and many people call it, um, to me, that's such a non-issue. You know, it's one one of a million issues out there. And. Peter got so fixated on it. I agree with you that that is one of many issues. Unfortunately, there's a contingent in the Colorado GOP that is so narrowly focused on that issue that it is as though it is the only issue that exists right uh, well, now. That, and that's a problem for the Colorado GOP going into November. I, I agree with you on that. And what I'm, I think they should drop it, too. But I'm not a politician. They have to figure that out. Um, Bobert 
um, will probably win, and she's all over that issue. Um, so, but you know, it's look where she is, you know. So anyway, long term, you know, long story short, I've been there thirty some years, and the Republican Party has always been feckless, and they've never embraced a consistent conservative agenda. And I think if they had starting thirty years ago, or even starting five years ago they would be in a much better position than you know, they are now. I, when, I do agree I, very much with that, Frank, on the actual ideological agenda. But I also think that in the last decade, we have really seen territorialism like this is the way we should do it. And anybody who disagrees with and I mean, in terms of political tactics and so forth, like there's been no cohesion in the GOP for at least a decade. And to me, that is the most existential threat or reason why we are in the that why the Colorado Republican Party is in the straits that it is right now. Totally agree with you. And I think it's the problem is that when I first moved here, this was a state of aerospace workers, ranchers, farmers, right. um, you know, businessmen, oilmen, uh, people who work for a living. Today, it's a state of people who expect free stuff for a living. And, um, you know, the, the problem is that the Republicans dropped the ball. They didn't push on the issues that they really should have pushed on. And we've turned into basically a mini California. And, you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon. You know, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to change it for 30 years, like I say, and it's not that that is the key issue. It's the electorate that we have, you know, they look at the city of Denver, you know, God bless Peter for fighting for, um, um, you know, his uh, alcoholism problem. But, you know, the city of Denver is completely useless. It is Denver and decay, to use Stefan's term, too. And, you know, I have friends who I have a a good friend who lives in Denver. Um, And, you know, he whines about, you know, the crime, the, you know, on and on and on and about the shoot up sites they want to put in and all that stuff. And I say and I I just said to him, you know, if you stop voting for those Democrats, you might get some improvement. Hmm. And, you know, what his his response is that in his mind. Um, all he, he said, well, I didn't vote for the current mayor. I, I voted for the other guy who was also a Democrat. So in their mind, as long as there's a Democrat, it's okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, and, and here, so here's the thing. Consider a Republican. I, I, I got to run, Frank, but I want to say, I think that when you're talking about the electorate, you're absolutely right. People have moved to this day. Like I moved as a kid, uh, from New Jersey, but thankfully with the Republican parents and so forth, where we were part of the the attempted solution, not part of the problem, I would say. But you have so many people moving in from both coasts, from different parts of the country where they are bringing more of a liberal or progressive, however you want to describe it, ideology. And it's sort of like a plague of locusts that they they go and consume one state and then they're like, wait a second, I can't handle this. And they go to another state and vote for the exact same things. Real quick, Frank. But the answer here in Colorado then is that, okay, we need Republicans who act like Democrats, so they'll vote for us. Give me a friggin' break. Sure. I I think that you need to be much more strategic about taking the bold conservative agendas and messaging it better, not abandoning that agenda by any stretch of the imagination. Hey, Frank, very interesting call. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. 303-696-1971. We got to get to a break. We will come back. Jason, if you can stay on the line, that's great. We've got a couple of good texts that we'll get to as well. As we continue, I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles this morning here on News Talk 710 KNUS.
Good to be with you. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter this morning until 10 o'clock here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Been talking some about Biden and Ukraine, how he bumbles his way, bumbling Biden, bumbling his way through the Ukraine crisis, which is not what we need right now in this trying time for the country and the globe. We're also talking about the Republican Party, which we will discuss more in depth at 9.33 when I'm joined by Dick Waters, former Colorado GOP chairman, and we will talk some about the state of the Colorado GOP heading into these midterm elections with the state Republican Assembly about a week and a half away. We'll get to Jason in just a moment on the line, but this caller... This last caller is exactly right, Texan One listener on the 710KNUS app. Republicans want to blame voting machines or whatever, but it is the electorate. Republicans are not selling their ideas or speaking about the right ideas. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think that that also dovetails in with the ideas, as Frank pointed out in the last segment. Dovetails right in with the idea that, look, we don't need Republicans who shy away from their principles, from their values. It is about communicating it. There is this idea, oh, we need to be moderate in our positions. No, what you need to do is sometimes moderate the language and make it compelling and relatable. Talk about the issues that matter to people from that conservative viewpoint with bold conservative solutions. Absolutely. That's the way to go. 303-696-1971. Okay, again, there was this from Biden on Saturday. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. But did he really mean it or not? Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. Uh, but then there was this. It means that I would hope he, I just it was expressing my outrage. He shouldn't remain in power. Just like, you know, bad people shouldn't continue to do bad things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean we have a fundamental policy to do anything to take Putin down in any way. 303-696-1971. What do you make of it all? Let's go to Jason. Jason, you're on the radio show. Jimmy and for Peter. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jimmy. Um, good show. Great show. Thank uh, you, sir. I appreciate you stepping in for uh, the great one as far as Denver's concerned. Um, and maybe uh, many of her remarks, and including Peter, about how smart, even if schizophrenic, how smart uh Hey, Jason, I can tell you're on the road. Unfortunately, you are cutting out. So I just want to let you know uh, as you're driving. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Try again. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to pull over just so I can stay at least in one spot. Does that sound better? Sure. Thank you. And, yes, you do sound better, Jason. Excellent. So many have remarked, including Peter, that um, Putin is an avid chess player. Um, And what drives me nuts is – these administrations and and this one in particular who consistently tells him what they will do what they won't do when they will do it when they will pull out when they will do this that's like the worst chess game ever i'm gonna go rook tonight seven next move you can't do it that way at least trump for all his picadillos and flaws he was cryptic about like his 
position. Yeah, Jason, you're break you're breaking up again, brother. I'm I'm sorry. I, I've got to let you go here, but I I think I'm getting exactly what you're saying. Trump was never giving away the store. He was always unpredictable. Nobody could predict or assess exactly how he was going to act, what he was going to do on that foreign stage. And that was important. That was very valuable, especially in helping keep the likes of Putin at bay. As Donald Trump pointed out, he was the one president in this century that hasn't presided over a Russian invasion, particularly of a part of Ukraine. It's true. He may have said some nice things about Putin, but when it came down to the policy, he did the right things. And I think he kind of got astray with North Korea, but in the beginning, especially with fire and fury, he was right on the ball with those early days of handling North Korea. You look over in the Middle East, what Biden is undoing in terms of the accomplishments of the Trump administration, genuinely historic with the Abraham Accords and more. And now the Saudis won't even return Biden's phone calls. Yet they, the, the, President Trump commanded their respect during his presidency, so much so, and he knew he wanted to do it, so much so that he made Riyadh in Saudi Arabia his very first foreign stop ever in 2017, and his for, first foreign speech was in Riyadh to an assembly of Arab countries. It's really remarkable. And yet, how far astray we have gone. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles, 303-696-1971. Let's go to Ben this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, how about you? I'm doing well, thank you. What's on your mind? Oh, I'm just going to miss Peter. He was one of the guys that was speaking truth to power with a lot of things. Yeah. I kind of feel like the Republican Party has gone off the rails. I used to have a lot of conversations with my conservative friends. And, you know, Peter was one of those people that, like, I disagree with him. But, you know, it was still, <laughs> you know, intelligent. And, you know, he was a guy that was always really good with history and yes. things like that. But, <laughs> you want to um, talk about not just a prolific reader. We were talking about Peter as a prolific reader, able to do the most incredible book author interviews. But his study of history and understanding of history was genuinely keen going to exactly what you're saying, Ben. Yeah, he was always very, very intelligent with that. You know, like, I, I just, sorry, I just heard from your last caller, and that's something I have to disagree with. Okay. <laughs> Vladimir Putin, honestly, when Donald Trump was in office, he didn't have to do much because— he was engaging Donald Trump was engaging in actions that were basically in the advance of Russian interests. Well, no, no. If you look at the policies that he was taking in terms of missiles and a variety of other things, I had a list. I'd have to take time for me to, to pull it up. But in terms of the actual policy steps that his administration was taking, they were tough on Russia. It was his words that he was saying publicly that were, sh were showcasing this attitude more of, uh, oh, well, he's buddy-buddy with Putin. But when you actually look at a list of policies under Trump, they were strong on Russia. Well, what would you say about John Bolton, who said that 
Donald Trump wanted to pull out of NATO during his second term. I, I think – I think, first of all, I would think that that would be a a stupid idea to actually pursue. But I think that was more out of frustration from Trump saying we need to get these people to pay more. And guess what? The current crisis that we're seeing right now, Ben, in Ukraine is underscoring for the Germans and for others why they need to put up more in terms of NATO. I I agree with a lot of unfortunately we're out of time here. I got to go to this break. But I agree with a, a lot of what sort of I think some of your underlying perspectives that you're bringing. But I do think that there's actually more nuance than you might re- maybe you realize. But uh, we could have a, a discussion another time on that. But it is interesting when you think about the policies versus the words that were being said and how they were congruent or not and why they may not have been congruent as well. A lot of complexities in foreign affairs in general. And, of course, that's something that Peter knows all too well i'm jimmy sangenberger we got to take our break we'll be back with more in another hour plus here on news talk 710 knus three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.